Welcome to The Meeting Room, a place to gather and discuss all things relating to meat safety, quality, and production. In the last week, 667,000 cattle, 2.3 million hogs, and 33,000 sheep were harvested in the United States. In the news this week, I'm a little bit behind on this story, and by that I mean I am a couple weeks behind. Um, I know there hasn't been a new episode in a couple weeks, uh, but earlier this month, thousands of cattle in Kansas died from what was suspected to be heat stroke. And there were many arguments that you likely saw on social media about whether or not this was the case. And one thing that I noticed a lot was folks who... Um, were farmers or ranchers or raised cattle in either southern parts of the U.S. um, or overseas where it's a significantly higher temperature, typically a totally different climate, um, saying that, you know, a a heat wave like this shouldn't cause cattle to die. But one thing that I'll note with that is, um, and this was, I mean, said by many people as well, that there's a big difference between 1,400 plus pound feedlot cattle in Kansas compared to uh, cows in Texas or those in Florida um, that grew up in a way that was surrounded by that climate and likely came from generations of cattle from that climate. And so from what I have read and what had happened was that the temperatures moved from relatively cool days and evenings to about 110 degrees with really high humidity and little wind. And so it was such a rapid change that likely the animals didn't have time to adjust to the weather. And additionally, many people commented or made claims that this was something that was done to uh, deliberately hurt the food supply. And just looking at our numbers today, even on the high end of the estimated 10,000 that were killed, and honestly, I don't know if that number is accurate, I saw 10,000, I saw 2,000, I saw 3,000, and everywhere in between. And so I'm not quite sure what that actual number was, but even on that high end, this week over 660,000 beef cattle were harvested, and that's a pretty normal week. And so likely uh, to, to cause that much change or that much hurt to the beef supply, it would take higher numbers than that. And so um, I'm on the side that it, it likely was caused by heat. Um, I'm, I'm not opposed to hearing the theories on some of the things like this, um, but definitely a terrible, terrible situation um, and not something that you ever want to see. Other things in the news, a study in the Journal of Ag and Food Chemistry reported that the protein found in plant-based meat substitutes were not as available to the body as the proteins that are found in chicken. Though these products are often toted as being high in protein and low in fat, the nutrients may not actually be able to break down and be as readily available uh, to your body as some of those in um, animal-based protein. And so this is just another good reason to keep uh, real meat in your diet uh, to be able to continue to let your body access the protein that it needs. Welcome to the meeting room. My name is Brianna Boozman, and I am so excited to have you join me this week. Um, So something that I have recently shared on social media, and um, likely if I visited with you in person, I've talked about it, but I recently got a new job. And so 
Um, I will be working or am working now with Marble Technologies, where um, I have the role of the meat processing product specialist. And so Marble is a technology company, hence the name Marble Technologies, and Marble did come from marbling that is within beef. And it focuses on developing automation for the meatpacking industry, uh, specifically looking at the beef sector. So um, thinking about packing plants, pork and poultry already have quite a bit of automation in them. They are a very consistent product. Um, I mean, there's, there's still a lot of people on the line that's not taking away from that as, at all. Um, but I'm excited to work with this company and, and really focus on bringing some of that technology to the beef industry. And so my specific position will allow me to travel to packing plants. I'll get to work with the engineers. Um, I'll get to work with the plants and kind of everything in between. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited to uh, be in this role and to try um, something a little bit different. So with that being said... Um, I recently have wrapped up my position at the University of Nebraska, and uh, this podcast is something that I do on my own. Um, I didn't really talk often, I guess, about UNL once in a while. I had people from there um, would include a few stories from some of the extension things or teaching, uh, but I'd like to spend today and give you a little bit of a recap about what that position at University of Nebraska actually looked like. Um, a few highlights that I had within it, um, and hopefully kind of showcase one of the opportunities that's out there in the meat industry, which is working actually in higher education through teaching or through extension. So my specific role at UNL was uh, the Youth Meat Animal Extension Assistant Professor. So it was a little bit of a mouthful, but it encompassed a lot of different Um, activities and different responsibilities that I got to hold. And so uh, my position was predominantly extension focused. And uh, even within that extension, it was mainly to youth audiences. So youth meet animal extension. And so with that, that included working directly with students doing um, either workshops or the meat judging contests or things like that, as well as working with ag teachers and their county educators. Uh, Basically, when working with them, the goal was to provide content that they could then bring back to uh, students in their areas as well. In addition to the extension role, I also was the meat judging coach. And to dive into that a little bit, I actually didn't come from a background that was focused on meats judging. I did not judge in college, um, and I didn't coach during grad school. However, while I was in grad school at University of Idaho, I had the awesome opportunity to uh, be a teaching assistant for a class that focused on kind of live animal as well as meat um, evaluation. So we looked at market animals, then we would look at their carcasses and make some kind of connections between the two. And so from that experience, I had basically all the tools that I needed It was just kind of learning the context of what a contest setup and format actually was um, and being able to hone in on those skills. For me in this position, specifically looking at the meats judging side of things, my my biggest takeaways and things that I guess I'm going to take with me leaving this job was 
that it really changed my attitude and my perspective on some things, um, specifically being how you handle situations that maybe you're the newcomer in or you're, you have to do, but you know that maybe your background hasn't prepared you um, as well as it could have or as well as maybe you feel like it should have uh, for this role. So I used to be one who, uh, one of my mottos was dazzle them with your brilliance or baffle them with your BS. And that was something that I, I use that a lot. I'm not going to lie. Um, and it was kind of in grad school that I started to realize, well, you know, people can see through your BS, so you got to start figuring it out. But really in this position, I changed that attitude uh, frequently to uh, ask until you understand, even if it's annoying. And so for me in this role, one of the things that was so important to me was to find some folks that I could rely on and that I could ask questions to. And something else that I learned with it is that most of the time people are willing to help you, but it is on you to make the ask. And so I feel like this happens a lot for maybe young folks entering a new job where you kind of feel like you're stuck without a paddle, but you just need to be willing to ask and somebody will be there to help you. Um, And the worst thing that can happen is that they say no or that they just don't respond to your email. And so for me, I was really fortunate to make some really great friends through Meets Judging, um, specifically getting to know some of the coaches from the other schools, some of the grad students that were leading the teams, um, and so many that were just willing to step up and help and answer questions and uh, just be there to really help give a good experience to the students. My last takeaway probably from Meets Judging was don't be afraid to introduce yourself to people um, or to, again, just say that you don't understand something. So there's a lot of times in this type of extension role or academic position where you do end up in crowds of people, um, whether that be at a meat judging contest or at an industry like Cattlemen's event or something like that. And you can make great connections with people, but you have to be willing to introduce yourself. And you have to be willing to kind of put yourself out there, even if it's kind of embarrassing or awkward. But a lot of times those are the people who you can make the best connections with. Um, And a lot of times maybe you'll meet them once and then all of a sudden they're coming back into your life more and more all the time. And so with that, introduce yourself. And again, just don't be afraid to ask questions or if there's something that you, you feel like is going above your head or is something that's being said that you don't understand, likely there's other people in that same boat, uh, so don't be afraid to ask. A few highlights from uh, my meat judging coaching experience. Uh, Number one was I just, I had some really awesome students. Like that made such a huge difference was students that were excited about the program. They wanted to be involved. Um, and they really wanted to help build it up. And so um, this year, or my, my first year at UNL, we had some troubles with COVID that made travel difficult. It was for everybody. But this past year, things opened up a lot more and we had more opportunities to travel and that sort of thing. Uh, one of the highlights was 
when we left for the National Western Contest, we left at like 5 o'clock in the morning. We got in the van, loaded up the 12-passenger van, um, got on the road, and one of the students pulled out a Tupperware container full of bacon that she had gotten up early to fry. And so I have to give Liz a shout-out that for now on, um, if anybody asks me my favorite kind of bacon, I have to say Burke bacon because it, uh, it was a great memory and definitely a great snack to kick off kick off the trip. For me, what really mattered was giving students a good experience, giving them an opportunity to uh, see what was out there in the industry, hopefully get connected to a few people, and also just get some other life experiences as well. I know when we went down to one of the contests in Texas, we went to the stockyards. When we went out to the National Western, we made it a point to go to the stock show. And a lot of teams do that, which I think is so awesome uh, because, you know, judging and these different collegiate experiences are a great experience. Not only do you get to meet um, a lot of folks, you get to bond well with your team, but you also get a chance to see other parts of the country that maybe you aren't familiar with and experience new areas. And so um, just to wrap up on the meets judging side of things, I'm so thankful for the students that I got to work with. Um, they made it a very fun job, and I'm definitely going to miss that and miss working with them. I'm thankful that I took that leap and that I did something that even though when I, when I applied for the job, I knew that I didn't have that judging background, but I had other strengths that helped me play into this role. Um, and I think for what we had in those two years, um, it went really well. Outside of meets judging, my predominant role was extension. So I was 70% extension, 30% teaching. The judging fell within that teaching load. And so within extension, my role was focused specifically on youth, like I said. And so this included developing curriculum, um, doing workshops for students, trainings for teachers, weekend-long kind of beef camps, things like that, um, and a lot more. And so my main goal with my extension program was that I knew that I couldn't reach all of the students in the state, but I could reach most of their ag teachers or county educators. And so I wanted to provide them a lot of resources so that way they could feed into their communities with the goal of getting students to realize that meat science is an option. Like a lot of students like or people like myself who get into meat science didn't even know it was a thing when they went to college. It was something that they stumbled into, and that's great. I'm so thankful that I, I did stumble into it, but I would like students to be able to choose to go to it. And so um, a lot of what I did focused on kind of trying to highlight some of the careers in meat science. So product development, we did a number of bacon workshops where students could kind of develop a bacon flavor, a similar thing with uh, burgers. We did a lot on like meat quality, um, food safety, that sort of thing. So a few of the highlights, um, we made a graphic and a video about making a marinade. So very simple steak science or meat science in your home is making a marinade. There's actually a lot of science that goes into making a marinade. And that uh, little lesson reached over 18,000 high school students through the Lincoln Public School System STEAM, or Science, Technology, Engineering, Arts, and Math program. 
we developed uh, five meat science curriculum lessons. And so um, these were just basically a packet curriculum that teachers could pick up and use in their classroom if they wanted to, or county extension educators could use um, at 4-H meetings or things like that. So I taught these lessons to a number of students, but also trained over 75 educators around the state on the curriculum, so that way they could use it in their area. In 2021, I held uh, 16 meat-focused workshops or activities for students, and we reached about 566 students, either in person or online, uh, through these activities, and 10 of those had a career-specific component, so really talking to students about job opportunities in animal science and specifically in meat science. And finally, um, one of the things in Extension also is doing the high school meat judging contest. And so we had about 75 students compete at the state 4-H meats judging contest and over 440 students participate at the state CDE or the FFA uh, meat judging contest. In addition to that, um, I don't use my Twitter, my social media things for extension, just like this podcast, that's something that I do on my own. Um, But oftentimes I would post things about either meat science or things that we're doing in extension. Don't be surprised if the meat science things continue. But that was a great way I found to reach people. Not that that's new or innovative by any means. That's the majority of how people are reached these days is social media. But to give you an idea, in 2021 alone, the meat science or kind of meat-focused tweets had over 900,000 impressions. So that means people seeing, interacting, commenting, whatever. And that was just a great way and kind of thing to add on to share some of the things that we were doing, um, as well as just share that information that likely I was sharing with students, but to uh, people around the country and around the world. And so for me, even if I don't continue a career in extension, I still want people uh, to know that meat science is out there. I stumbled upon it, and I'm so glad that I did, but I really hope that others will choose it from the start. And so I'm so thankful for the opportunities that I had at UNL. Um, I worked with some awesome people. I had great students, um, and it just, it was a really, really great experience, and I'm, I'm very, very thankful for, um, being able to start my career here, but at the same time, I'm very excited for this next step, um, and I really can't wait to see where it takes me. I think it's going to be some pretty cool opportunities and can't wait to see where it leads. So with that, thank you for joining me this week in the meeting room, and I look forward to visiting with you again soon. The views, information, or opinions expressed in the meeting room are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent those of their employers, including the University of Nebraska-Lincoln and others.